As we give attention to your word, we pray that your spirit would be at work to lift ours up, uh, to make us ever more firm in faith, and then send us out in faithfulness. God, we pray in the name of Jesus, through whom we have righteousness with you. Things are just right because of him. Thank you for him. In his name, amen. I don't know what summer projects you might be working on at home. People tend to have projects, well, we've got to get through this this summer. This is the project. Uh, here at church, our, our summer project is the Book of Romans, and we're working our way through it uh, here in the messages and also in, in Bible study. Uh, it's, it's one of the most important books in the Bible. Uh, I've been calling it the gospel according to Paul in the book of Romans where he fleshes out the, the central truth of the Christian faith uh, that we're saved, that we're justified before God through faith, not by works. Uh, the theme verse was that uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because that's the power of God for salvation. Uh, last week we talked about how this is something everybody needs. All have sinned, the Bible teaches, and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by Him. That's the good news, that God has stepped into the world to do something about our plight through Jesus Christ. In, in the lesson for today and in the fourth chapter of Romans, uh, what we're going to see is that as Paul is explaining the gospel to the Jews and to the Greeks, uh, that, that the gospel, this good news that we're justified through faith, is really nothing new. And we sing about, uh, I love to tell the story, you know, the old, old story. Well, it turns out that the old, old story is even older than we imagined. It goes way back to the Old Testament. And, and when we think about the New Testament, uh, the New Testament is not nearly as new as we think because it's just a fleshing out of things that God had already taught in the ways that God has always worked. Now, people sometimes say, well, how did they get saved in the Old Testament? And we have this misnotion that in the Old Testament, you got saved by what you did. You followed the Ten Commandments. You offered up the sacrifices. And if you got it just right, you'd be saved. And it, then God lightened up the rules in the New Testament, made it easier, and gave us Jesus to do the law in our place. And now in the New Testament, there's a new deal that's different from the old deal. That's not the case at all. It's a renewed deal but it's how God has always saved people. We've always been justified, declared righteous through faith. And so Paul is going to explain how that was the case for, for uh, Abraham. Now before we look at that, I thought I'd give you a little Abraham primer, a little review of Abraham. Remember Abraham? He was considered to be a great father to the Jews. He was a seminal figure for the Old Testament and for the Jews. Uh, there was Abraham, Moses, and David, and I suppose Isaiah, um, uh, uh, Elisha, Elijah. These were all big names. But especially Abraham was viewed as the father of the Jews, that this was a, a key figure for them. That's why they got so upset with Jesus in the gospel lesson. Jesus was talking about Father Abraham, and, and, uh, and, and he said, before Abraham was, I am. And they said, do you think you're greater than Abraham? Because it, it occurred to them, there was only one person that was greater than Abraham, and that's 
God himself. And that's what they understood, that Jesus, as he was, was claiming to be God. That's what made them so angry. Uh, He was claiming to be greater than their great father, Abraham. And so they got ready to stone him. Uh, He was a a, a great father figure to the Jews. Uh, He received great promises. We know about the promises that God gave to Abraham, that he would be a blessed and, and that he would be a blessing to the whole world. Of course, that promise gets fulfilled in Jesus Christ who comes from Abraham. Indeed, through Jesus, the whole world is blessed. Uh, Another one of the promises was that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the seashore. Do you know you and I are fulfillment of that? Uh, Because we'll see this as we go along. We are children of Abraham because we are also children of faith. And so when we sing that song, remember Father Abraham, many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. That's the sense in which you and I are fulfillment of this because like Abraham, we're children of faith. We see that that, uh, God also promised to Abraham that he would have this promised land, the land of Canaan. And that becomes a central figure for the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. Abraham is also famous for standing firm in the midst of testing. He was told to go to Cana. He'd never been there. I didn't know anything about it, but he stood firm in that testing. He followed God. I mean, that's the the faith and the faithfulness that we're going to see in Abraham. Uh, He trusted God for that baby. He waited. He said, I'm old, she's old, and then it took forever, and, and yet he continued to trust the Word of God. He remained faithful in that time of testing. And the most famous testing that Abraham ever had was when uh, uh, he was told then to go sacrifice his son Isaac. That's a heartbreaker. And uh, he's, he's getting ready to take him to sacrifice him. And, and his little boy asks him, or maybe he's a teenager by that point, he says, Father, I see the wood and the fire, but where's the lamb? And Abraham says, he stood firm. He said, the Lord himself will provide the sacrifice. Uh, So we see Abraham, considered a great father to the Jews, uh, received these promises, stood firm, and he was understood to be an exemplar in piety, that you wanted to be like Abraham, that Abraham was obedient to God, Abraham trusted God, and Abraham was a picture of what you ought to be. And here's where the Jews got it wrong. And this is where religion always goes wrong that we begin to think that it is our behavior and our obedience that makes the difference between us and God. Uh, That's true of all the other religions in the world. Too often it's true of the Christian faith. Too many times people begin to think that it's by their own works that they are at peace with God. That's why we needed the Reformation. That's why we still need the Reformation. That's why we'll always need the Reformation to go back to the, the gospel truth that we're justified through faith, not by works. But they understood, they came to understand over time that Abraham was right with God because of what he had done. We see that in 1 Maccabees. Do you know what 1 Maccabees is? Uh, That's one of those uh, uh, apocryphal books. Uh, People often say, what about those extra books of the Bible? Uh, They're the apocryphal intertestamental books. And and in 1 Maccabees it says, Was not Abraham found faithful when tested? And was it not reckoned to him as righteousness? That's where religion always gets it wrong. 
that our righteousness is somehow based on our behavior. Josephus weighed in. Josephus is an ancient Jewish historian. He talked about Abraham as a man of incomparable, or do you say incomparable? Incomparable, incomparable, incomparable virtue and honored by God in a manner agreeable to his piety towards him. Uh, indicating that it depended on Abraham's behavior. You see something almost like that in Genesis chapter 26. And uh, take note, this is Genesis 26. 26, here's what it says. I was talking about Isaac getting the promise now from God, uh, and it, it said that he got the promise from Abraham because of Abraham. It says, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Uh, and so some were concluding that Abraham became righteous before God by his behavior. And that was the common, can I say, misunderstanding of the Jews at the time of Jesus. And so when Paul is proclaiming a gospel of faith without works, uh, they think that's some new thing. But in chapter 4 of Romans, Paul explains this is nothing new at all. That Abraham's righteousness likewise was not by works but by faith. And so we want to look at Abraham's righteousness. Uh, it says... Uh, this is from Romans chapter 4. It says, uh, What then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But Paul's point is that it was by faith, not works. And then he quotes Genesis 15. Of course, Genesis 15 comes before Genesis 26. And this is really the foundational understanding about how uh, Abraham was saved. It says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham was waiting for that baby to be born. And he had grown old, his wife had grown old, and time had gone on, and they didn't have the child. And God appeared to him, and God took him outside and said, look at the stars in the sky, so shall your descendants be. And that's where it says, and Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. That Abraham was right with, was put together with, was in harmony with God, not because of anything he had done, but through believing in what God had told him. And, and Paul goes on to say, this is not new. Uh, this, this is consistent throughout the Scripture. He said, this is just like David said. Uh, in Romans chapter 4, he went on and quoted from David. He said, David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Uh, David, and then he's got this quote, this is from Psalm 32. You know, David was this terrible sinner. Committed adultery with Bathsheba, had Uriah killed. Uh, he had no way to stand before God by his own righteousness. But David wrote this in Psalm 32. Paul quotes it. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. This righteousness that comes from God is available through faith, not works. That's how Abraham got saved. That's what David understood. And Paul goes on to say that this is the same for all. When was it 
that Abraham was declared righteous? Was it when he was offering up the Passover lamb? Was it when he was uh, observing the Day of Atonement? No. Those things are 430 years after the time of, of Abraham. There's no way he had any of the law yet. He hadn't even been circumcised. It says it was not after, but before he was circumcised, Romans 4.10, that uh, uh, Abraham is saved. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant. It was a work that, that the Jews did to show God that they were in and that they were part of the family. And what Paul points out is that Abraham comes to faith in God, is declared righteous before God, before the law of Moses, even before circumcision, so that this can be true for all of us. It doesn't matter whether you have a Jewish background. It doesn't matter if you have a, a, a Lutheran background or whether you're from Lansing or whether you're from Meridian Township or Ethiopia or Eritrea. It doesn't matter. All are saved through faith in Christ Jesus when they trust God. It doesn't matter what works or what background we might have come from. Paul points something else, points out something else about Abraham's faith, and that's the object of his faith. He points out that Abraham trusts a dead-raising God. Listen to what it says. It says, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. Nor did he think about Sarah's barrenness of her womb. That too was dead. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Paul was, was preaching the resurrection of the dead in Jesus Christ. And what he's, what he's teaching uh, the people in Rome is that this is how it's always been, that it was always based on believing in a God who could raise the dead that that's what Abraham trusted in. As we look at this, as we work our way through Romans, uh, I want you to see that that's why all of this is such good news, uh, that we're declared right before God through faith, not by works. Uh, it's good news because it's consistent news. You know, kind of there's nothing new about this. Uh, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, this is how people are saved. Uh, technology may change in your world, and uh, you may be out of a job. Uh, scientific information may, may uh, discover something, and then we have to rewrite some other things. There are all kinds of changes that might come our way. But we don't have to worry that there's going to be somehow a new book of the Bible or a new discovery in religion that's going to undo all of this. This is how it's always been. We're declared righteous before God through faith in what He has done and His power in the resurrection of Jesus not by what we do. It's freeing news. This sets us free. It sets us free from our works. Uh, we don't have to worry about pleasing God enough. Think about Abraham. You know, Abraham was a pagan. He worshipped idols. You know, Abraham pawned off his wife as his sister and gave her to another man. David was an adulterer. David had Uriah murdered. Their hope before God was that they were set free from their works, not that they would be counted. And so for you and me, you know, we're set free from our work. Uh, the, the things where we have failed, the things where we have let God down, all that's been taken away. It's powerful news, this gospel. 
It's how the dead get raised. Uh, that even though we die, yet we will live. That we trust in a God who gives life forever. And that even as Jesus has been raised from the dead, we too shall live forever. And it's also applicable news. Or is this applicable? How do you say it? Applicable, applicable news? It's for all people. Uh, this is what every neighbor you meet. This is what every stranger you meet. Uh, this is for everyone from every tribe, nation, culture. There are many things that might be cultural specific or nationally specific, but not the gospel of Jesus Christ. This applies to all people. That's why in the church we want to have such rigor in our work. That's why we want to have such vigor in our church, because this is good news for all. It was written about Abraham, that he believed God, and it was reckoned to him, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Paul goes on to say, though, this was not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Amen.